We thank you, Lord, for the word today and ask that it will not fall to the ground without having its effect upon us. We praise your name. So now the word I want you to hear is actually two words, that's all. And all that you've heard just now, there are two words. And the words are from the lips of Jesus. He says, follow me. You got it? That's the message. But it's not just a message to tickle your ears. It's actually the message of Jesus to you. Because he speaks that to you, personally, individually, tonight. Follow me. Now you'll notice that he didn't say to his disciples, and as he will not say to us, first and foremost, look, I've got a whole lot of good teachings. You should really come and examine them and maybe do a course or something. That's not his first word. That may come into it, but it's not his first word. And nor is his first word, well, look, I've got all these rules that you've got to abide by. They, I call them the commandments. So I want you to come along and start working on those commandments. Uh, and then you'll get what I'm about. He didn't start there. Notice? And he's not going to start that way with you either. That'll be important along the way. Nor did he say, okay, I've got these wonderful liturgies, the Donuts and Benedicts, and really that's what it's all about. Get into those beautiful liturgies, uh, and then you'll be right and get into all of that. That's going to be important too, but that's not what he first said. He said, follow me. That means is inviting each one into a relationship with him. First, this is the heart of what it is to be a disciple. You could be going to wonderful liturgies all your life. You could even keep the commandments because you're trying to keep, get to heaven. And you could even be uh, you know, believing all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches, but have missed the point of what that's all about. The heart of it is a living, personal relationship. That's what he means by follow me. Come into close, intimate, personal relationship with me. That's his invitation. Father Renio Cantamalesa, who is the papal preacher and has been ever since way back in the late 70s, his preachers to the papal household. But prior to receiving that engagement, he was actually a scholar in, uh, uh, in Milan, and he was a scholar in, especially in the controversies about Christ that took place about his divinity and his humanity, etc. The controversies, they call them the Christological controversies, that happened in the early church. So he was a great scholar. He spent his whole life focusing upon the mystery of Christ as he studied theology and then taught theology. But he had an experience of the baptism in the Spirit when people laid hands upon him and the Holy Spirit came upon him and he said, 
in his testimony that for the first time the words of St Paul really rang true for him. I believe that nothing can happen that will outweigh the supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Emphasis on knowing, not knowing about, because he knew about everything to do that everyone's ever taught on Jesus. He knew about all that. But he said, I did not know him like I needed to know him. And that little word, my, was very important, he said. I believe there's nothing that can outweigh the supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Now he knew he was the Lord of all, everyone knows that. But my Lord, personal, close, intimate, and made the difference in his life, and that's what he preaches now. And that's, you know, he's the preacher to the Pope. Praise the Lord. I think too of uh, the great philosopher Blaise Pascal, who spent his whole life working on trying to understand God, trying to understand the attributes of God and how God works in the world today, as a lot of people do, don't they? They try and say, does God exist or does he not exist? And if he does exist, now what's he like? All that sort of thing. It's a philosophical pursuit. But he had one night, which was a night of fire, he called it. And in a little um, piece of paper that they found sewn into his cloak after his death, he, he remembered that night of fire. He'd written it down. It went fire, fire, fire. God, not of the philosophers, but the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob had been revealed to him, you see. He had that revelation, brought into that new personal relationship which Jesus calls each one of us into. This is the beginning of our journey of discipleship. And some people have been very active in the church and done great things, but then there comes this moment where they go into that deeper place of being a true disciple. I'm thinking, for example, of Thomas Aquinas, you know, one of the greatest scholars, probably the greatest scholars the church has ever had. And Thomas Aquinas, he sort of took all of the things in the, in the, the 13th century, as he wrote, he took all of the things that had been uh, presented before in the, the study and theology and philosophy of the church and synthesized it in a beautiful synthesis that we still use today. Uh, to try and explain the faith. So he was a man of great intellect. But there came a moment towards the end of his life when he was kneeling before the Blessed Sacrament and he had a revelation of the risen Christ. And with that one revelation, everything changed. He would not write again. He didn't finish the work that he was engaged in. And his secretary said, why not? He said, because everything else I've written is but straw in comparison to what I've just experienced in the meeting and in the encounter with Christ the Lord. You see, this is where it begins. When we allow ourselves to be captivated by Christ, why did the apostles leave everything to follow him? They were captivated by him. There was something that drew them like a magnet and that's what the Lord does with us as he takes hold of our lives with love to take us forward in relationship with him. 
a young man named Francis was in Assisi way back in the uh, 13th century and, and has this amazing experience of the Lord. You know, he was really a high-flung young fellow, uh, you know, keen to do many things of his life and, and, and loved the party scene and, and was always the life of the party. They called him, they crowned him actually the king of all of the, the fun. But there was this one night when he was dragging behind because something was happening inside of him. And then he gets seized by the love of God, so much so that he can't move and just gets caught up in the God who he knew about but now was beginning to know. And he begins to realize the love of God deep within himself. And his friends come back and say, they shake him a bit because he was so much in a bit of a trance. And uh, they said, Francis, what's wrong? You're in love. And he said, yes, I am. I'm in love with the most wonderful woman that you could ever imagine. I'm in love. And of course, he was speaking about being in love with the Lord. And as a result of that, what he later called Lady Poverty. He was ready to give everything to follow Jesus. There's a beautiful psalm today where it says, One thing I ask of the Lord, this I long, to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to, to enjoy the sweet savour of the Lord and to behold his temple. To live in the house of the Lord really, it really is to live in the presence of the Lord. Because each one of us is the house of the Lord and he lives within you. But do you live with him? Or are you like St. Augustine, where he said, Oh, late have I loved you, O oh God. Uh, late have I loved you, so ancient and beautiful one that you are. Late have I loved you. Because you were within me, but I was outside, looking on your creatures and falling on them, and thinking that they had the answer to my happiness. But you were always within me, O oh Lord. And that's the case. You know, so one thing I ask of the Lord, this alone, to live in the presence of the Lord all the days of my life. To know his presence within me. To commune with him. To come into communion. To be a disciple in that sense. To fall in love with the Lord. And to allow that love to so take hold of my heart that there's a fire deep within me that cannot be taken away. And this discipleship relationship when Jesus says, follow me, it's a relationship, I'll just mention three aspects of it. It's a love relationship, of course, it's a relationship of a master to the teacher. He draws us into being under his guidance. The apostles followed him, literally, step by step. And they were open to be taught by him. And this is where we need to place ourselves daily under the word of God. Allow ourselves to be taught by him. You know, it's beautiful, isn't it, when the apostles at one stage say to Jesus, teach us to pray. What a good thing to ask. Teach me to pray, Lord. I don't know how to pray. Teach me to pray. And he'll teach you. You know, he'll instruct you gently and kindly and, and graciously open your heart to him so you have this living relationship with him. You know, uh, when Peter was noticing all of the... Uh, people moving away from Jesus after he'd been teaching them about the Eucharist. It was all too hard for people to, to grasp. And they were walking away in droves from him. And Jesus turned to Peter. 
uh, and the other disciples. He said, will you also go as well? And Peter says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And, and the beautiful thing is that Greek there, the words of eternal life, is not the usual uh, translation. It's, it's a beautiful word, rhema, which means you have the words daily for me that keep me going, that sustain me. And, and so we're meant to be daily listening to the Master, allowing Him to inform us and to, to, to feed our hearts with His divine word. Let Him instruct us and open our hearts to Him. You know, he's the Master. So remember, listening to the word and wanting to learn, being open, we, we, our hearts are so often obstinate. We don't want to be told anything. Don't tell me anything. <laughs> right. But yes, the Lord wants to instruct your heart. He wants to form your heart in his ways. You know, he loves you. And by his word he will do that if you allow him. And the second thing to mention is that if you're going to be a disciple of Jesus, he says, follow me. It means that he wants you to imitate him. He wants you to become like him. Jesus says elsewhere, learn from me for I am gentle and humble of heart. The way he teaches us first is not by actually speaking to us, but by showing us with his very life. That's how the disciples learned from him. And that's why he says, love one another as I have loved you. How do we learn? Well, we learn by looking at the crucifix and we see how much he loved us. And we want to imitate him in this. This has taught us love, John says, that he gave up his life for us. That's what's taught us love. And he draws us into that same experience of love. He wants us to imitate him in this way. Uh, uh, this is a great grace when it begins to happen. It doesn't happen just by looking at him from afar, but the more we receive him into ourselves, he changes us into his very likeness because he lives within us. You know, he abides in me and I in him, and so I shall bear fruit in plenty because of that, if I allow that to happen. The fruits of love and joy and peace and patience, I start to become like him if I allow him to form me in this way. I become, I imitate him in this sense. I have the mind, as Paul says, that is in Christ Jesus. To let him start to move me deeply within and change my mind, change my heart, change me into his very likeness. This is his purpose in calling us into discipleship. When he says, follow me, that's what he means. And also what he means as well is that we will obey him. Now we will conform our stubborn wills to his will. As Jesus says, it's not those who say, Lord, Lord, who will enter the kingdom of heaven. Now we're here tonight saying, Lord, Lord, we love you, Lord, yeah, yeah, Lord, Lord, Lord. We're into it, right? That's the charismatic thing, isn't it? But Jesus says, it's not those who say, Lord, Lord, who will enter the kingdom of heaven, but those who do the will of my Father. He says, there are many who will come to me on that day, that's the day of judgment, and they'll say, you know, did we not eat with you? Uh, and did we not uh, uh, you know, have prophecies, prophesy in your name? And, and, and did we not uh, cast out demons in your name? And, and, and didn't we do all these things in your name? And the Lord will say, I don't even know you. You see, because we haven't done his will. 
To be a disciple, he says, follow me. He says, yes, I want you to be my friends if you do what I command you. It's that sort of relationship. It's a deep friendship relationship. But it's based on the fact that he is God, he is Lord, and we are to obey his will. We are to live according to his way. And so he'll continually show us what his will is. And the way, as Jesus says, that we will make good ground in our life and solid ground for our way of discipleship will be by doing the will of the Father. Otherwise, we'll be like a man who built his house on sand. And when the wind came and the rain came, it just washed away. All those people in Perth who have houses on sand, huh? But um, the sand broke, that's right. But, uh, but we built our house on rock. Uh, and the rock is doing the will of the Father. So we must come into that. So that's the invitation. Let Jesus speak to your heart tonight. Let him say those words to you and, let, and hear those words where he says, follow me. Come into relationship with me. Allow yourself to be in intimacy with me. Let me speak to your heart. Let me form your heart with my loving teaching. Let my spirit penetrate deeply into you in this regard. Let me draw you into relationship like you've never had before. When you receive me in Holy Communion tonight, don't just be mechanical about it. But when you say the Amen, say, Yes! Jesus, you are my Lord, and I welcome you to be the Lord in my heart. Rule in my heart, Lord. And, and, and truly ask the Lord to give you that experience deep within yourself of how wonderful He is how beautiful and precious he is, how he's the only lasting treasure that we have on this earth. Allow yourself to be caught up in him in that sort of way. And say to him, yes, here I am, I come to do your will. That's what I want to do. I want to do your will in my life. And I want your mind, Lord, I want to imitate you and have your mind so I can do what is according to your purpose and your plan for my life. Teach me, Lord. I want to be your disciple. I, I, I don't want to just be uh, one of these uh, practicing Catholics who just has a sort of a habitual way of going to Mass and going home and getting on with my life without any difference. No, Lord, I, when I come to you to Mass, I want to meet you ever deeper in my heart. I want to receive you to myself. I want you to make the difference, Lord, in my life. I want you to change me into your very likeness so people notice that I'm changing. They say, wow, there's something different about you. You're so much full of love. You're so joyful. You're so peaceful. You're so forgiving. You know, you, you, you've changed. Why are you so kind and so good? How has all this happened? It's happened because Jesus lives within me. And he changes me gradually into his very likeness. I'm a disciple of Jesus. And I'm so grateful that he's taken hold of my life in that way. Come, Lord Jesus, with your love upon each one of us this night. May we hear your loving call to follow you, Jesus. May we heed it with all our hearts. Yes, Lord, we are here tonight to do your will.